Alright, good evening. Not too many people here tonight, but uh, I guess celebrating the Lord's Table at Easter is not very important to a lot of people because they could have been here and chose not to be. But the Lord knows. So we will continue forward with just the six of us or seven of us here this evening. I know some are sick. There's one or two that are sick, but Hymn 144 says, When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but loss and pour contempt on all my pride. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast save in the death of Christ my God. All the vain things that charm me most I sacrifice them to his blood. See from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flow mingled down. Did e'er such love and sorrow meet, or thorns compose so rich a crown? Were the whole realm of nature mine, that were a present far too small. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Father, this evening we once again remember some 2,000 years ago when the Lord Jesus Christ was willing to lay down his life. On one hand, we know that we are called to remember you, or to remember the Lord Jesus Christ, to remember the death, burial, and resurrection until you return. And Lord, it is disappointing, I will admit, that there are are very, very few people here this evening. Disappointed that on a, such a special occasion we can find time to go play games, we can find time to go take kids to ball games or do whatever we want, but we don't have time to come and worship you. We wonder why the church is in the state that it is. But Lord, we are thankful that we can be here. We're not here because we have to be. We're here because we choose to be. And so, Lord, I'm thankful for this opportunity to be able to minister and share the word once again. We ask, Lord, that you would give us grace and strength for this evening and prepare our hearts for tomorrow when several will be coming to work and to be able to get the auditorium clean and ready for Sunday. But Lord, also that we would be prepared in our hearts for service on Sunday when we remember the resurrection of the Lamb. Thank you again for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. I wanted to read another couple of hymns as we prepare our hearts and then I wanted to share a few things in regards to the day that Jesus died. Tis finished, the Messiah dies, cut off for sins, but not his own. Accomplished is the sacrifice, the great redeeming work is done. The veil is rent in Christ alone, the living way to heaven is seen. The middle wall is broken down and all the world may enter in. Tis finished, all my guilt and pain, I want no sacrifice beside. 
For me, for me, the Lamb is slain. Tis finished. I am justified. The reign of sin and death is over, and all may live from sin set free. Satan has lost his mortal power. Tis swallowed up in victory. And one last one. Lord willing, this Sunday I will be speaking on the resurrection of the Lamb, and our text will come from Genesis chapter 22, uh, will be our primary text to start with, which is the account of Abraham taking his only begotten son up to the mountain, and uh, there he will be looking to sacrifice him. And of course, they have the wood, they have the fire, and what does Isaac ask his dad? Where's the lamb? Where's the sacrifice? sacrifice? And Abraham says, God will provide himself a lamb. And God did provide a lamb, and for that we are thankful. Worthy is the lamb who died in awesome grief. Worthy is the lamb who saved a dying thief. Worthy is the lamb to make up for my fall. Yes, worthy is the lamb. Praise God, he is all. Worthy is the Lamb who paid the price of death. Worthy is the Lamb who gave my soul its breath. Worthy is the Lamb to make up for my fall. Yes, worthy is the Lamb. Praise God, he is all. Worthy is the Lamb, though dead all else should be. Worthy is the Lamb to live in you and me. Worthy is the Lamb to take our bitter gall. Yes, worthy is the Lamb. Praise God, he is all. Worthy is the Lamb to live my life alone. Worthy is the Lamb to make my soul his own. Worthy is the Lamb to change our lives like Paul. Yes, worthy is the Lamb. Praise God, he is all. So, of course, there are many who believe that Friday is the special day before resurrection, and it has actually become like a holy day. And um, it's actually, many people would consider it to be anathema to even consider that Christ died on any day other than a Friday. And of course, it's known as Good Friday in remembrance that supposedly this was the day that Christ died. It is a view that because Christ died on a Friday, it's compounded by the fact that many within the Roman Catholic faith um, hold to this as well as in the Christian faith. But interestingly, from uh, past church history, there was a time somewhere between four and 500 A.D. that there was a woman who was a Catholic nun who actually, it is recorded, went on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem and there celebrated Good Friday at some point in her life and in her, in her travels. But the, the Catholic Church itself did not openly practice or endorse it for the Catholic, those who hold to a Catholic faith until 1500 A.D. So it's a fairly recent event that it is celebrated on a Friday. There are a couple of reasons for this. Number one, the church also instituted where you are to do without meat, except for, say, fish on a Friday, and it doesn't really matter what day it would have been. But the Catholic, you mean the Catholic Church... The Catholic church 
but they use this as an opportunity because the money that you saved on buying meat on Friday was supposed to be taken to the church and put into the church coffers. How convenient. But that is, that is where Good Friday actually comes into it. You say, why is this important? Well, I believe too often if we are celebrating, for example, there are probably a lot of people that will be going around uh, to, uh, today and maybe you saw it work or if you're out and about. And what did they have on their foreheads? Ashes. Ash Wednesday. And the sign of a cross. Yep, and the sign of a cross. And then tomorrow, of course, is Maundy Thursday, and then Good Friday. And so this is why I believe this is important, because in sharing with you what I believe we see in Scripture from the timeline, it will help us to see that it's not really the Friday that's important, but the Thursday previous, or the, the Thursday, the day right before that. But ultimately, the most important thing is that Jesus died. Everything has a symbol or a, 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 a type when we see it both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And I believe that it's important that when we come up to the springtime, whether it's March or April, um, that we are actually remembering the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ because that's when it would have taken place and he would have actually come to this earth and was born probably sometime around mid uh, September through about mid-October is when the Lord Jesus Christ would actually have been born. Jesus Christ himself says that he's going to be in the tomb. He says, an evil and adulterous sign looks, or evil and adulterous generation looks for a sign, but there will only be one sign given it. What was the sign? Empty tomb. Nope. Um. Jonah and the whale. And he says, he says to them, just as Jonah was in the belly of the whale or the great fish, whatever you want to call it, octopus, squid, shark, whale, doesn't matter what it was, it was a sea creature. And just as Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights, so too will the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth. So we know that this is the operative term, three days and three nights. Now, there's a problem here. Because if it is based on Good Friday, here's Friday, the Lord Jesus Christ rose sometime after this line right here. You can't get three days and three nights or even partials between Jesus dying at 3 p.m. on Friday. Even if you consider that a partial day, that's one, two, no third day. The nights would have been down here, so night one, night two, night three would have been Sunday night. So it's not possible. Now we have to consider something else. This is Roman time. Whereas the Bible was written to Jews by Jewish individuals with the exception of, the, uh, of, of Luke who was a Gentile, he was a physician. But they would have written, and so this is actually, their time actually started right here. So this would actually be, uh, in the evening, would be 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Same thing here, 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. And 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. And then on this side, actually, yeah, let's do it this way here. So here, 6 a.m. 
to 6 p.m. 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. and 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. So this is how the Jews reckon their time. Now, it's also important to note that the Jews considered any or part of a day as a full day. So, for example, when Jesus was, was, was uh, died at 3 p.m. on, whether it was Thursday or Friday, but when he died at 3 p.m., how many, how many hours would there be of that first day? Three. Three. Three okay. So we actually have to draw one more line here. And this is going to be the 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. so that we get ready for the crucifixion. Now, again, our day starts 12 midnight to 12 midnight. The Jewish day starts at 6 p.m. and concludes at 6 p.m. the following day. So look with me, look with me at Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. And somebody read verse 31. If you ask anyone, why are you untrying it? You shall say this, the Lord has need of, need of it, untying it. Uh, actually, uh, hold your place, uh, turn over to Luke 23. It's actually John 19, I'm sorry I had this down wrong. John 19, verse 31. Since it was the day of preparation, and so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Okay, and then Luke chapter 23, and if you'll hold your place there. So, when did the Jewish Sabbath actually begin? Sundown on Friday. So, this is actually where their Sabbath started, was right here. 6 p.m. And this is when Sabbath, this is when it starts. And this is when the Sabbath ends. So, it actually ends at 6 p.m. Saturday. Everybody with me? In the year 29 AD, the High Sabbath, or High Convocation, actually began on Thursday evening at 6 p.m. Remember, we read John 19.31, which says that this was a High Sabbath, which is not the regular Sabbath. And it began on Thursday evening at 6 p.m., or sunset, which would be the start of the Jewish Friday. So they would have actually had, for that year, because it was a year of convocation, they actually had two Sabbaths on this particular week. They actually had Thursday to Friday and Friday to Saturday. So they had two Sabbaths back to back. It's one of the few times that this actually happened. Yes? So it would have been Tuesday to uh, Thursday. For what? Because if it started on Sabbath on Thursday, then it would have been Tuesday and he died. No. No, no, you'll see. You'll see, because it, it, it's going to depend. This here is, is the operative section right here. Okay? 
So in the year, we remember that Passover was always to take place on the 14th of the month, which is Nisan, or Aviv. And the date Nisan the 14th, 29 AD, actually began on Thursday evening at sunset, not on Friday. The Jews actually considered a part of a day as a full day, and no matter how you do the math, you cannot get three days and three nights between Friday afternoon and Sunday morning. So Luke chapter 23, somebody read verse 50 through 56. And behold, there was a man named Joseph, a counselor, and he was a good man and a just. The same had not consented to the counsel and deed of him. He was of Arimathea, the city of the Jews, who also himself waited for the kingdom of God. This man went unto Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. And he took it down and wrapped it in linen and laid it in a sepulcher that was hewn in stone, where never man before was laid. And that day was the preparation in the Sabbath to lawn. And the women also which came with him from Galilee followed after and beheld the sepulcher and how his body was laid. And they returned and prepared spices and ointments and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. Okay, so if we remember that Thursday to Friday and Friday to Saturday were both holy days for this particular year, which was approximately 29 AD, okay? Now, if you remember when the women go and they're going to take spices, they would never have violated the Sabbath. They would never have gone on from Friday evening to Saturday evening. So they would have gone sometime because their day starts right here. So they actually, you remember what Genesis says? And God created the heavens and the earth. He created whatever it was. And the evening and the morning were the first day. So God actually counts the day, not from 12 p.m. or 12 a.m. to 12 a.m., because we consider 12 a.m. to 12 p.m. as the day, and then 12 p.m., noontime, until 12 a.m. the next morning is considered our nighttime, right? Here we have evening and morning. So remembering that, let's look and see how this timeline lines up with what we already know, okay? So Jesus Christ was crucified at what time in the morning? Morning? I thought it was afternoon, like 3 o'clock. No, it was the third hour of the day. So if you look, what would be 6 a.m. is the start of the day, right? So what would be the third hour of the day for the Jews? 9 o'clock. 9 a.m. So Jesus is crucified at 9 a.m. He goes to the cross. How many hours total is he on the cross? I think it's six. Six hours. So at 3 p.m., remember, we're getting ready to start a high day or a high Sabbath on AD 29. So if he's on the cross for six hours... The high priests come and they say, we want to break their legs so that the bodies of these men will not be in the grave when the Sabbath starts. The high Sabbath. Okay? So, again, this is using Jewish and Roman time, timeline here. Jesus is on the cross for six hours. They have three hours to get him into the grave. 
They put him in the grave. They would have wrapped him up, taken him down off the cross, wrapped him up, and put him in the grave. First three hours, 3 a.m. or 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. No, my apologies, that's not night. First day. It's day one. Okay? So now, 6 p.m. on Thursday evening to 6 a.m. Friday, our time, this would have been first night. With me? Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday. So this is... The second day, this would be the third day, this would be the second night, and this would be the third night. So when did Jesus rise from the dead? Sunday morning, yeah, at sun at six o'clock. Mm. Uh, or I mean, it may not have been exactly six o'clock. I believe that it took place sometime during that third night. Remember, because night. by Jewish reckoning, it could be an hour or any part of that twelve-hour period would be considered a third night. So it could have been Saturday night. Okay. So it in sometime between six p.m. and six a.m. on Sunday morning, our time, the Lord Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And we would say it was in the morning time he rose because 6 a.m. would be like morning time for us. Right. But it's also a very good reason as to why we would also celebrate the Lord's table, not the Lord's, or the Lord's supper, not the Lord's breakfast. But that's another, that's another uh -huh. subject for another time. So again, first night, second night, third night. First, first day, first day was right here, second day, and third day. He had to have risen sometime between here on Saturday. Okay. And that's what makes the difference as to why, again, even if you follow Jewish reckoning or Roman re reckoning, you still can't get three days and three nights between there and Sunday morning. Because it says he rose before the dawn on the first day of the week. When would the dawn be on Sunday? Right, he'd be, be because... The it had to be before 6 a.m. Right, because when the women came, they had to wait for 6 a.m. before they could go in order for the Sabbath to be over. No, no, because the Sabbath actually ended at 6 p.m. on every week. It always added, ended at 6 p.m. on Saturday night for the Jews. So they would have had 12 hours between 6 p.m. and 6 a.m. They would have had 12 hours. But because of the danger that would have been involved, there was probably no reason why they would have gone late that evening or after right. dark yeah. on Saturday night to Sunday morning. But it has to be before 6 a.m. because it says before the dawning of the first day of the week. 
So that means that Jesus, again, whatever time frame it was in here, but this probably would have been when the disciples or when the ladies came to the tomb, it probably would have been somewhere around the 6 a.m. time because they would have been trying to avoid the Roman soldiers and the chief priests and everybody that was involved. So this is why I believe that the Lord Jesus Christ actually died on a Thursday. So what we were saying, Ramona, is right here, the first, the first recognition of a Friday evening or a Good Friday was actually by a Catholic priest or a Catholic nun who celebrated it on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. And then Good Friday was not actually celebrated by the Catholic Church until around 1500 AD, which is actually when the Reformation started. Right. Any questions? I don't like it matters, but when the, when the ladies had gone on that early Sunday morning, because in the reading in verse 1, chapter 24, they went at early dawn on the beginning of the week so when they've gone right. between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. on the Sunday. So read again what it says on the first day of the week, not the first evening. First dawn. Okay. So when, when was the first evening for the Jews of the new week? 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. on Sunday morning, our time. Okay. So again, words matter. So when we're talking about the first day of the week, as dawn began to rise on that first day, first day, because in Jewish, the Jewish to the Jewish folks, first night or night, day. So, so dawning of the day, it had to have been sometime around here that they came, yeah. okay. which means Jesus was already gone. Yep. And it says that he was. Yeah. Okay. Then the stone, stone rolled away from the sepulchre. Yep. So it was before the dawn. It was, yep, it was that before the dawn. Jesus rose, yes. Yep. And then it was after the dawn when they got The words are important because even in the book of Luke, for example, Luke was a physician, so he was very detailed. He, In fact, he gives some of the most detailed accounts of miracles that are done um, or things that happen to the Lord Jesus Christ when, when he is actually being beaten and prepared for the crucifixion. Um, what what Luke shares is much more detailed than the other people give. Any other questions? No? Well, I want us to go over now to 1 Corinthians. And again, ultimately, it doesn't matter what day or what time. I mean, obviously, we were not there, and there was nothing that records it other than the words that we have already seen. But the Lord Jesus Christ is very clear that we are to remember the Lord's table until he comes. We're to remember that he did die. We're to remember that he, did, uh, that he was buried and that he rose again. In fact, 1 Corinthians 15 says, If it is in this life only that we have hope, we are of all men most miserable. We are the most to be pitied. So I'm thankful that we have the opportunity to once again remember the Lord's table this evening. And he says in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. 
do this in remembrance of me. The last supper that was held by the Lord Jesus Christ, if we subscribe to this timeline right here, the Lord Jesus Christ, the last supper was actually held on a Wednesday night. And he says, do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant of my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, ye proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. I want us to take just a couple of minutes before we take the bread and the cup. And I want us to search our hearts and ask the Lord if there's anything within us that would prevent us from partaking this evening. And to remember that before Him, to confess our sin and to ask Him to change our hearts so that we can be prepared for that this evening. Father, forgive us of our failures, our sins, our iniquities before you. As we remember the Lord Jesus Christ. And that night that he was betrayed, took the bread and the cup, gave it to his disciples and said, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you, and take this cup. So he established a new covenant with them, knowing that in that new covenant that he would not partake until we get to be with him again at the marriage supper of the Lamb. We look forward to that day. But in the meantime, Lord, we do remember. We remember what that awful night must have been like for you. It probably would have been that evening that he would have that he would have been there so probably sometime right after dark they would go to the garden of Gethsemane and there he would sweat great drops of blood and then the kiss of betrayal by Judas Iscariot and all of the events that would take place through that long dark night until he was crucified at 9am thank you Lord Jesus that you were willing to do that for us Thank you that you gave your life so willingly. From before the foundations of the world were established, you knew that you would be the perfect spotless Lamb of God. And so we remember and we rejoice in being able to partake of this this evening. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.